0: Everyone, my name is John Russo, and this is the 61st installment of the Monday Morning Commute, all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. My aunt once had a sofa that sat three, if they were okay with their arms touching. Laying against a coke-white wall, I remember it being spotted with fleur-de-lis, better known as a bunch of New Orleans Saints logos. It was the first thing you'd see after the bright big smile of my aunt when she answered the door, where a tan sofa would have let its hair go over its eyes, wearing a hoodie from Hot Topic and not wanting to engage, this green sofa more of a spaghetti strap top or speedo swimsuit, demanding attention. I love that couch. I have fond memories of my aunt babysitting me, her and I stationed on it watching the show Survivor, maybe sitting quietly as Jeff Probst says that Ethan has been voted off the island, We're talking amongst ourselves as we reward someone with immunity, I was always guaranteed to be with the family. I only had positive experiences with my loved ones on that couch. Now, was this emotional attachment enough to lay the foundation for what is now an interest in higher-end furniture? The type of furniture that looks like it has a trust fund of its own? The type of furniture that you need a black credit card to buy? I don't know if I'm claiming an interest in the furniture or the lifestyle it comes with, because if I'm able to afford a sofa five digits deep in price, I mean, there's no question I'm eating out every night. My fridge only stocked with LaCroix and San Pellegrino. Is it because I enjoy bossa nova music? And legally, you can't own a showroom unless there's bossa nova playing at all times. Maybe. But I find higher end furniture inspiring, thought provoking. I wouldn't buy it for the prestige if I ever did, I'd do it because it stays separate from a world strictly of Ikea instructions and William sonoma I enjoy crafting scenarios in my head of what type of life I would have to live to have an $8,000 bubble sofa. I can picture my partner discovering this interest a couple of years into our marriage, her brow all of a sudden damp, and thinking of our joint bank account getting drained off a $3,000 ottoman. She thinks to herself, What the fuck is an ottoman? Whatever the reason, I think it's cool. I think it's different. And because of this, over the past two years, I've become a bi-monthly regular at a top-end furniture store called roche Bobois, located in downtown Portland. A random Saturday could very well be one where I walk into this Paris transplant and jet-fueled with 16 ounces of cold brew and look around for 45 minutes. The more visits that I've had, the more familiar some of the staff have become, and the most familiar being the showroom manager, Nora. I said hi a few times initially, only then, gaining the courage, asking her to sit down and talk specifically about some of the pieces in the showroom. Being genuinely curious about the backstory of roche Bobois, any piece of furniture memorable from her childhood, and overall just wanting to pick her brain, we set up time last week to chat. Nora Hernandez is wonderful, the most kind, and I'm going to use one of my favorite words in the world to describe how she dresses and carries herself. Chic. It was an honor speaking with her. I look at you
1: There. These chairs are incredible.
2: You like it? Oh, mm-hmm. perfect. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is John Russo, host of the Here's My Thing podcast. And today, I have a very special guest, showroom manager at roche Bobois Portland, Nora Hernandez.
1: Well, welcome to come here. Thank you. It's a pleasure
2: to be. And it's it's a pleasure to be here. I I do love this space for, I think, well, I've I've come in here just to look around many times at least. At least
1: two years. Exactly. Yes,
2: that's (laughs) that's a great memory. Uh... What is this company to you? What does that mean to you? When you hear that.
1: Well, I know the company since 20 years. Wow. And even the owners of our group. So, for me, it was always a dream to work in one company like this one because that involves style, that involves design, that involves, um, I don't know, the relation with clients that I love to be in close with. Okay,
2: cool. Yeah, so how often do you have returning customers? Is it more of a kind of. So,
1: once it's for us, our clients are like a marriage. Once we find them, we never let them
2: go. That's so awesome. (laughs) That's great. I I like that. You, you yourself, uh, uh, right now in the show, or maybe not, but a uh, favorite piece of the entire show? Yes, that's a tough question. I,
1: do. I have the Itinerary. Okay. That it, we have it behind. Mm-hmm. And that one is my favorite piece because it's really comfortable. Okay. Um, and it, it's the perfect piece for for a living room. Yeah. And these ambi chairs are as well, they're super elegant. I'm they, they're more like a. Um, decoration piece for me Okay. that you can have with a nice living room and you have like this piece to decorate okay. your, spi- your space.
2: When I, because I can think back to my childhood and like growing up and having a specific couch that not only the focal point of the living room but kind of where my parents and I would gather we watch TV, we'd hang out, even if in silence though, it's just the concept of being together mm-hmm. right? Um When you're building a room, or at least helping put together a room for specific people, how much are you asking about time spent in that space, and and what are the what are the big things I should say you look for when you're actually trying to help someone pick a piece?
1: Actually, it's really important for us and for my designers to understand the function of the room we're going to furnish, because it's if you just want to have a living room that nobody's going to touch. Mm -hmm. It's just for the view, it's different than a living room that you're going to leave. And that's the idea, to leave the living room.
2: Okay. I like that. Uh, I'm curious from your, like, where do you get your inspiration being a showroom manager?
1: Something that I learned, it's that every single city is different. Mm -hmm. And you, instead of a... finding an inspiration okay. for the showroom, we need to understand our clientele because the furniture that we can sell here is not the same furniture that we can sell in Houston or Dallas because people here have other needs and every single city have different needs.
2: So I was, so this, for example, what you have here is going to be completely different than what you have in San Francisco?
1: We always have uh, a lot of the same pieces but because we need to follow a pattern. Yeah. But... Uh, we always um, try to understand our clientele yeah, here yeah, yeah. because it's uh, it's totally different mm-hmm. than in 100%. San Francisco. So we keep some of the pieces that we should have, but as well we choose some special pieces to show to our clientele Oh, that's here. awesome. Mm-hmm. Just
2: cater to their environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So, for example, people here love a lot of wood, mm-hmm. more yeah. uh, cozy furniture. Instead yeah. of for that you can sell it in Miami.
2: When you look back on your childhood, mm-hmm. do you have in your house at least a specific couch you remember kind of cozying up on a, a dining room table that you anything stand out as so, a thing? Uh, er, oh,
1: everything in my house uh, was happening around the, the dining table okay. so because it's part of our culture. Okay. And something that I learned with the past of the years is that we have never used the, the living room because it's, it was that space that you cannot touch. Huh. And How, when why is I, that? The, the, our sofas or yeah. our living room, it was only made for adults. Oh, and I understand. love the idea that Roche Beauvoir makes super comfortable sofas to enjoy the time you spend there. Yeah. That yeah. is totally different from what I grow with. Yeah. And that's why I love—I don't know how formal, but at the same time, comfortable are our sofas. Okay.
2: Do, do you see an intersection with fashion and interior design? Um, do you see any connection there? Or
1: yeah, it's really important. And for Rajuva, well, that's why they—they they always do like two collections per mm. year at the same time that we worldwide is presented the fashion. Okay.
2: And in terms of like when you open up new collections, do you have some sort of like a similar show as you would, like a fashion show kind of debuting a a fall-winter collection for example? Or is it more of an announcement kind of done online or through media? How does that actually work?
1: So actually, how do you introduce it? How how we we introduce worldwide our collaborations and everybody knows about it. But I think now in this world that all the young people Loves how you can have collaborations with Louis Vuitton and Fila or I don't know your name and Gucci and Nike I'm just putting some examples yeah, sure. but we did that before yeah. so I think it's a great opportunity for Rush for to show hey we as well have this kind of collaborations with uh, famous designers, and it's an opportunity for young people to know us. Okay. And this is I th- I think that that's a market that we still not explore a lot because people, uh, young people don't invest in furniture. No. But little by little, I think uh, they're gonna start like looking at us.
2: Oh, okay. I like that.
1: For uh, because our clientele is more people that is already established. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind
0: of down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. A big thank you to Nora Hernandez of Roche Bobois for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. She's fantastic and Nora if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was awesome. Everyone, I'm looking at the clock right now. And it is about that time. I hope you enjoyed the 61st installment of the Monday Morning Commute. It was all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. My name is John Russos. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.